Come on, come on. I see no changes. Wake up in the morning and I ask myself, it's like worth living, should I blast myself? I'm tired of being poor and even worse, I'm black. My stomach hurts, so I'm looking for a purse to snatch. Cops give a damn about a Negro. Pull a trigger, kill a nigga, he's a hero. Get it back to the kids who the hell cares. One less hungry mouth on the welfare. First ship him, don't let him deal with brothers. Give him guns, step back, watch him kill each other. It's time to fight back, that's what Huey said. Two shots in the dark, now Huey's dead. I got love for my brothers, but we can never go nowhere unless we share with each other. We gotta start making changes. Learn to see me as a brother instead of two distant strangers. And that's how it's supposed to be. I can never take a brother if he's close to me. Welcome back, Lincoln Podcast. I'm Rara, Lanier, and with special guest today is Robin. Robin. Robin is Kelly's sister. You know, Kelly's been on here a couple of times. Um, so, Robin, tell us about yourself. Uh, well, as you mentioned, I'm Kelly's sister, I'm her older sister. I am about to turn 30 later this month. My birthday's coming up on New Year's Eve. And um, currently, uh, I work for a small uh, tech startup, and I do sales for them. And that's that's pretty much it for right now. I live in Memphis with y'all. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, the tech startup, you said it's the same one as Kelly, right? Yeah, we work for the same company, so um, I guess I've worked there coming up on two years in the spring, and I was doing tech sales for another company, and my sister's company was looking for someone, and I was ready for a change because I'd been with that previous company for several years, Um, so they took me on, and uh, I started working remotely for them. Oh, I got you. So... The, um, which one do you like better, the company you were at or the company you're currently working at? Uh, that's a tough question. Uh, they're very different. Uh, my previous company was a very like large national corporation, and mm. this is like a very ultra small kind of like bootstrap startup. So they're they're very different. I mean, I definitely enjoy the like working from home aspect. Uh, Cause it's just a little bit more flexible allows me to like be there for like with my dog and I don't have to worry about leaving him alone all day, that sort of thing. Um, but pretty much like I was doing sales for both. So like the role itself is kind of similar. Um, but uh, yeah. So do you, do you get bored having to work from home? I'm not really the type of person that like gets bored. Sometimes Maybe like the day just goes slower. I do miss like having coworkers that aren't my sister <laughs> that I right. see on like a regular basis. Like that's probably what I miss the most about my previous company is like my coworkers and just getting to like go into the office and see see people. But obviously with COVID, uh, that that wouldn't have been happening anyway. So, Tony, what about you? Do you get bored? I was thinking about this the other day. Like you literally here all the time because you have to work from here. No, it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, when I was in the office, I was in my own office. By yourself? Yeah, I was by myself. So, I mean, there was people in the building, but I had my own physical office with a door. Did you have a corner office? Mm. Oh, man. And originally I did when I first started. And then um, when Kevin came, Kevin took that room, and then I moved down to where I'm at now. 
where you're at now in your office at work, is it a more secluded? Is that why you chose it? No, I mean, it's on the production floor. Mm. So all the scanners and people are right outside my my room. But, you know, like I said, I, I just generally just close my door. If they have an issue, they'll either send an email or come knock on the door when I was in the office. But, yeah, like not seeing people doesn't bother me. Like, um, like even growing up, uh, like I had, I have three sisters, but I was pretty much by myself because they didn't want to have anything to do with me, nice. you know, cause I had two older sisters, they were teenagers. And so, you know, they were doing their own thing. And then my little sister, we used to be really close at one time and then, you know, it starts going through like puberty or whatever and, you know, it, everything changes. So, and being the only boy, you know, just used to being solo, so. Do you think you'd feel differently if you didn't have a roommate, like someone that is here? No. No. no oh, like, he's he's a fucking, like, he, he's when, a hermit. He doesn't need anybody. Like, when he's here, I'm usually in my room. Gotcha. Like, he's the type of person that needs people around him. I'm not that type of person. Like, I like people, don't get me wrong, but I'm okay being by myself. Like, I'm, I can find other ways to occupy my time than you know, just meaningless conversations sometimes. Yeah, I can relate. Like I'm pretty introverted, but I definitely think I like if this past year, if I was just living like completely alone, it was totally isolated because again, like my work is completely remote Yeah, and I wouldn't really be seeing people on a daily basis. Like I have both my sisters here. I think if I was just totally alone, I would get get lonely i think that's a thing that a lot of, like i never took that into consideration when all this started happening like uh is it the um i'm sorry go ahead i'm sorry but you know it was just like oh you know we're gonna be off for a bit and be quarantined and you know whatever and then some people are like you know some people need that social interaction they need to be around other people you know so they don't go crazy that's what they say a lot of times like when people go to prison and they put them in solitary confinement, that's when they start having like real breakdown problems because they need that human interaction, mm-hmm. you know? So like maybe if there was no way that I could possibly see people, then there would be a break. But you know, it's not like, um, Completely I don't have, yeah, I don't have like any way to like contact somebody if I didn't really want to. Well, you know, they say that it's also a lot of has to do with, the, um, they really didn't take into consideration the mental aspect of the COVID or not people just have COVID, but like, not being able to, to see your friends or not be able to, you know, celebrate your birthday and stuff like that. That was one of the things that was really not even looked at in the beginning. Now, so many people are having problems with it, I guess. And they're trying to evaluate that and look at it more closely and try to figure out ways to help people. Well, I think that's the thing they're talking about. Like, there's a lot of people that committed suicide during this time. There were more people that have committed suicide during it than an actual, well, at least in Tennessee or at the time. I think it was maybe in Shelby County. And people have passed away from the actual virus. I think that was, uh, did you see that like two months ago or something like that? Or a month ago, maybe? Because I saw that. Yeah, it was, it was like, uh, it was a while back. I don't know if the numbers are still the same, but at one time that was a a thing, you know, because like I said, I mean, we as people generally do need some type of companionship, you know? So I think it's, uh, it's, I don't know. It's kind of twofold, like, you know, I see what they're trying to do by trying to save people's lives. And so you just, you know, when you're going to a blind, you just don't know, you know. And so you're trying to just do what you think is best. And then sometimes, like, it's like the, like, uh, if you take something out of an environment, 
to save something, it might make something else be the the main thing. Like the like, there it costs more harm than good sometimes when you're trying to fix problems on the fly. So I don't know. It's it, it's always easier to to crit, you know criticize something when you're not the one making the calls. It's like the muddy morning quarterback thing. Oh yeah, those are the worst. And like you know, I was reading. Well, actually, I saw a picture of it on Facebook of like a regular health inspector doing like a food check, you know, like back in the day, like like last year, a couple beginning of the year, like people aren't taking consideration that those people that work at the health department are just doing what the government, the mayor is telling them they have bills to pay too. Right. I mean, they're not, I promise you, they don't want to shut down your bar or your restaurant. At least I don't think they might. Now there might be some of them that are like, Oh fuck you. You know, 25 years ago, you kicked me out of this restaurant for being drunk. I got you now, you know, but like, they they they're just following the what they have to do to save their job, and this is where it goes into well, the Nazi Nazi concentration camp soldiers were doing the same thing then, right? Because they were just doing a job they were told to do, right? When they were, but like, you can't compare the two. They're not physically killing all these people and stuff like that. I that's just how I feel that they have bills to pay, so they have to listen to their boss, and their boss has a boss, and their boss has a boss. The only thing I have to say about that is. You should take if you're gonna put these restrictions on people so they can't make a living. Find a way to make sure they're taken care of before you take stuff away from them. Right, and it's that this is a thing too. I always I always have a problem with like when I used to work for the IRS, we had a government shutdown in like 2013. So I was a contractor, so we weren't taken care of, but all the government employees were. But they at the time they weren't being paid until they got back to work. So they still had that time where they weren't being paid for like two or three weeks or whatever it was. But the people that made the laws and and who play these games with everybody are still getting their checks. So it's like they don't have skin in the game. So it's like they don't really care, you know, quote unquote, that they don't care like, you know, what happens because they're still going to be taken care of. I think they would think differently if their checks were on the line, too, and their livelihood was on the line. Right. Well, there's, you know, that's very, yeah, it's well said. But there's also a lot of the people that work that are having to do these checks, you know, at these places like Goose and all the bars or restaurants, right? Mm -hmm. Not for like the food part, but like make sure they're doing the social distancing part and all that stuff. There's a lot of guys and people that work for there that let a lot of stuff slide because they feel they find it just absolutely ridiculous also, right? Because I, I can't say where this place was, but they they would have been shut down if they didn't get a cool or quote unquote a cool health inspection because people weren't listening mm-hmm. to the people working at the restaurant. Well, I don't understand how they expect people to police adults. So I don't understand why, like, say you own a business and people come in and they're not following the rules that you have posted up everywhere. I think that falls more on the people. It's just like if if I'm driving a car down the road and I'm not paying attention and I'm speeding and stuff like that, they're not going to find the owner, uh, the person that, you know, created the car, they're going to find me, the person driving the car. Right. You know, it's just like, I think you should, you should penalize the adults, not, or the people making the infractions, not the actual business. Now, if the business is, is had a set up where they don't give a fuck, that's something else. But if they have stuff posted, I mean, that's all you really can do is, you know, say, Hey, you got to wear a mask when you're in this building, this establishment, you know, like people are going to do what they want to do at the end of the day. 
So, like, if people want don't want to follow the rules, those are the people that should be punished, not everybody. You should punish the people that are not abiding by it, not the people that are abiding by it. Right. You know, they just shut down the both two mulligans because they didn't like they shut down like eight restaurants and bars because they they weren't following the the guidelines. But those places that weren't following the guidelines, they were really they they were like what you just said. They didn't give a fuck. Yeah. So when they I mean they had numerous numerous after numerous infractions on them and they're like fuck it we got to shut them down. I think too. I mean, I think the problem is we've had a lot of misinformation, especially from the top. Like people are telling people, oh, it's not that bad. It's the flu. It's this. It's that. You know, it depends on where they're getting information from. So I mean, there's it. There's everything was mishandled. Like. And it all starts at the top. So, I mean, it is our government that's partly the problem. And it is some people that are just assholes that don't want to follow the rules. You know, like, I don't like wearing a mask, but, I mean, I'm not going to be a dickhead and not wear it. You know? Like, it's not really going to... It's not impacting my life that much. Not to do what they ask you to do? Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel that you would be feel, feel differently if you had to wear it at work? Like, like I mean, a fast I wore, food restaurant or something? I, I wore it when I was on the plane, so Dude. I took a couple of planes. So that was like eight to nine hours I had to wear oh, it, yeah. you know, pretty much. And then, like I told you, some places I, like, well, one resort when I was out of town, I had to wear it the whole time I was there. But, I mean, it would, it's inconvenient, but it's not the end of the world. True. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's comes back to, like, your first point, Tony, that, like, it. Obviously, the people that are working at these places are just trying to do their job, just trying to, like, make ends meet. So it's not like they're trying to, like, bum you out by yeah. or police you. But because the government has not provided them adequate assistance, like, mm. if the government had been paying every U.S. citizen a livable wage over this course of time, I'm sure, you know, service people would be more than happy to just stay at home and yeah. get paid, you know, like to, to keep everyone safe. But obviously the government's not giving them that option. Yeah. And I think that's, that's like the uh, pandemic fatigue that I've been feeling lately is the, um, the like mixed messages. Like the CDC is like, you know, stay home cases are spiking, everything's, you know, getting worse, stay home. That's what you're supposed to do. But then, you know, your local businesses are like, oh, you know, come to our, like, uh, you know, come to our s'mores night or, you know, whatever. They're trying mm -hmm. to make things because they have to, you know, they're, they're not getting any other yeah. assistance. So it, again, not that I blame them whatsoever, but it's like, no matter what I do, I'm letting someone down. Kind yeah. Of thing. Like, um, yeah, I mean, the whole concept of not taking care of people to me is just ridiculous. Like, you give people um, $1,200 or whatever it was or $600 extra for unemployment, and then you now want to debate if they deserve that same amount of money, which in the grand scheme of things was shit. Right. You know, like, you should not make more in unemployment than you do working an actual <laughs> yeah. job. And I don't know what the fuck $1,200 is supposed to do for you for how long we've been out, like almost a year, eight to 12 months or whatever it's been. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just it's just ridiculous. Like like you said, I mean, if you want people to stay home and you want to rid this fucking virus, then 
take the proper precautions and just dole out some fucking money. Right. I mean, the it's so ridiculous what we think about money because it's like it's all made up. Like everything about money is not real. Like it's somebody said that this is valuable and this is what we work for now. You know, so it's like the, it, if they really wanted to print some more money, they have money for all this other bullshit and they can't do it to save their own fucking people. Right. Did you see that? Uh, I don't remember the exact number, but the war, the war fund money, whatever they call it, was like almost a trillion dollars. Yeah. The, the, the Like defense fund or something? Yeah, defense fund. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. was almost a trillion dollars. What do we need a trillion dollars for? Who's invading us? No one's going to invade America. Like, who's coming? Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess you could get China and Russia against us, and then we have a problem maybe. But, like, no one's going to war like that right now. I mean, yeah. that's kind of in the past, I think, at least. And, I don't know. And like I said, it's I think the people that – They're out of touch. The people that are running everything are the people that they would not budget their home the way they're doing our government. I saw a meme – uh, this morning, actually, I forgot. I tried to save it, but I wouldn't save. It said six hundred dollars is a lot of money. Uh, r- super rich people think six hundred dollars is a lot of money to poor people. Yeah, right. Because that's what they gave each. Essentially, a lot of people only got six hundred bucks, and then some of us got twelve hundred bucks. But like, that's how they think. Like, oh, that's six hundred dollars. That could be a lot of money for them. You well, know? I mean, if you're in a third yeah, world country, seriously. yes, yeah, yeah, right. You know, but here in. The U.S. Supposedly the greatest country in the world. It's not. Like, you know, there's people living in poverty all day long, and it's it's more people now because of this. Like, it's just like, we keep getting lower and lower and lower. And that's what I don't understand. There's like, it just seems like there's a disconnect with compassion for people right now. It's just like, you know, it doesn't fit my party's line, so I'm not going to do this. You know, instead right. of it... You know, looking at it at a, at a human level, you know, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but I think the way stuff's been handled is not the answer. Well, I did see, did, did you have something to say? Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I saw on TikTok, um, like a Canadian citizen was posting about, you know, the $600 that we were getting and, and they just commented that in Canada, since March, they've been every like citizen has been getting like two thousand yeah. dollars a month, which again, like that's not going to be necessarily enough for for everyone, mm-hmm. but like for you know one person that that's plenty of money to like live off of and pay your probably existing bills in many cases or at least a portion. Like that's that's to me is like okay again, it's not going to be you know, equal for every person. Yeah. But that's at least like something that you can live off of and pay some of your bills. Um, you know, obviously if you have children, I'm sure you have more expenses, et cetera, but you know, $2,000 versus a one-time $1,200. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just such a huge difference. I mean, they got more in one month than some people in America have gotten for uh, and you know, know, 12 yeah. months. Yeah. And you know, like the $2,000 a month for some people, that's a, sh- you know, it's a lot of money across the board, but then this depends how people live also, you know, right. but $2,000 for them for a month to some people, that's, that's a shitload of money, man. Cause I've seen these people's paychecks and we used to, we used to cash a couple people's paychecks with them every week, you know, at my store. And like, they would bring home like two, $300 and they work in like 50 hours. Yeah. You know? And that's like, 
after taxes and shit like that. Like they weren't making shit. So for a lot of people now, whether they use the funds correctly or not, who knows? Who cares? That's not even the point. But like a two thousand dollars, I promise you, a lot of people would be happy with here in America with two thousand dollars a month. I'd be happy with two thousand dollars a month. Shit. Like, well, I think this is kind of a um answer to what that Andrew Yang was saying about the universal uh basic income. Like how he was talking about how you should give people an X amount of money as like a kickoff to, you know, pay for certain bills and stuff like that. Because most people, it is their paycheck goes to their bills and, you know, their rent or their mortgage or what have you. And they don't have anything else to save. So you don't get the chance to ever be ahead. Right. You're always just treading water. You know, you're basically in quicksand. That's your life. Mm -hmm. And so if you gave people this extra a boost and then they still could work. I don't see why people wouldn't use that for other shit. Because that's the best way to me, it seems to stimulate the economy, is if you give people money that they can spend to go out, you know, once everything gets back to normal. Right. Or they can buy something. Or they can try to start a business with that money. You know, like, I don't know. I just think that nobody, we all don't start at the same starting point. You know, and I think if you at least gave somebody some kind of boost and then maybe teach them how to save their money and, you know, all this other stuff. Because, you know, certain families set their kids up, you know, like they teach their kids how to invest and and either in stocks or, you know, property and all this other shit or save money. You know, like some of these kids just don't know how to do that. Some It's like a lot of adults don't. You know, they're always going to be in debt. And I just think if you gave people a little bit of kick, you know. It's all going to come around full circle, you know? Yeah, kind of having, like, an equalizer for distribution of wealth. Yeah, I mean, like, you got all these people, like, they said, like, you know, all these people, these big billionaires have made so much money this year, and, you know, most of their companies don't even pay taxes. Yeah. And then, like, you know, the us lowly Americans, you know, we get in trouble or, you know, get sent to jail if we don't pay our taxes. So, but you got big corporations that aren't following the same rules. It just doesn't make any sense to me. What is your thought on, or both of y'all, what is your thought on billionaires and distribution of wealth? And, you know, how fair is it that a billionaire gets to exist? Do you think that's fair? I think if you work for something, you're entitled to it. That's what I personally think. I think the corporations is a different thing. But... Yeah, I mean, I th- I don't see anything wrong with somebody that worked hard for what they have. I don't think they're entitled to give anything up. You know, I mean, I think a lot of them have kind of um, forgotten. No, I mm-hmm. think they have like they set a pledge that they will most of them give up their wealth. And I think didn't Bill Gates wife. I mean, not Bill Gates. Uh, Jeff Bezos, Jeff Bezos, Bezos like four yeah. billion dollars or something mm-hmm. she gave away to people. And she's still the fucking 18th richest person in the world. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, so that's kind of my point is, and I agree with you that you know if you work for your money, you know you you deserve you know what you earn. Mm-hmm. But to me, I think there should be a ceiling for that. If it's impossible for you to spend all your money in your and your children's and your grandchildren's lifetimes, mm-hmm. what is the purpose? Yeah, you know, I, I just. I don't think that any one person, no matter what you've done, like obviously Jeff Bezos 
Amazon is an amazing company. We all use it every day, or not every day, but well, some people do. Yeah, <laughs> some people but, do packages. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but um, if you're my sister, uh, you use Amazon every day. But uh, you know, he did something amazing. But I don't think anyone deserves to be like a hundred billionaire. You know, it's yeah. just no matter what. I'm sure you you can't feel as if you you've earned that. I'm sure. Um, Zuckerberg, you know, he created a social media platform. He didn't cure cancer. Yeah. You know, like I can't imagine that he feels like he deserves that. Well, I think the thing too, with a lot of these tech companies is that it's, it's kind of monopoly money because it only depends on if people still want to support those platforms. Right. So if people decide one day, I don't want to use Facebook anymore. You know, because, I mean, that's what happened with MySpace and all the other social media platforms, you know, like, and I see people are kind of like getting bucking back at Instagram because Instagram is coming really hard down on, especially like a lot of women for showing like, you know, their bodies essentially. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of them are like, well, I'm going to go to Twitter because Twitter is like the wild, wild west. I mean, you can show whatever the fuck you want on Twitter. That's what I've heard. I I don't really use Twitter. It's crazy what you can show on Twitter. When my Pornhub is acting up. Or maybe the internet or the Wi-Fi. I go to Twitter to find my shit. I'm like, it is chubby big boob. Yeah, yeah I mean, boob. Twitter is wild, but yeah, I don't. I just, so I think that a lot of these people because I I remember somebody posted something. It was about Tumblr because Tumblr used to have porn on there. Dude, Tumblr was the best, and then they got rid of it, and then people stopped using it. So it's like your product is not valuable if you're not taking care of the people that are using your product. Mm-hmm. So it goes back to all these companies like. You know, they can have all this X amount of dollars, but if people don't use your product anymore, whatever your value is, is depleted. Right. Because like, so it's not really a, it's not really a tangible, you know, thing. It's like, like I saw that Airbnb, what was it like? $138 a share was their, their their IPO or something like that. Their projection when they, when they, well, before they went live. It was like $60. 60 bucks. And they got $143 from the Wall Street people at opening bell or something like that. And then it started selling for like 163. Yeah. And you know, all those people got rich, the founders and all them, you know, but like, it's just one of those things. People are like, are, are, is wall street over making these things where it's, where it's too big. Like these valuations being too big now, because what's well, a bubble. Yeah. They, they Kramer, that Kramer guy, you know, yeah, he was, he was, he was hot about it. He's like, how the fuck did they get this? So such a high valuation already, blah, blah. Like he was pissed on his show. Like, yeah. Two I days. mean, yeah, it's just, like I said, it's, it's all uh, like, they always say like, it's a bubble. Like it's happened before this stuff's going to be, you know, it's so big and it's going to burst eventually. So I just don't know how many of these companies will actually, still be around. I mean, I guess Amazon has some kind of services, but like Facebook, I don't Facebook know what, is just Facebook. Yeah. I don't really know what service they actually provide besides making people upset about political shit. Um, did you what, remember when the election was going on and then when Biden was about to win, everyone was like, I'm switching to something other kind of social media platform. Oh yeah. I forget what it's called. When was the last time you heard, I saw a post like that, right? I well, forget what maybe it's those actually. people are on that site. No, I see them all on my Facebook. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I see literally every one of them. They're like, yeah. join me on so-and-so. It's a it's a conservative. I think it's a conservative or it's like, um, I don't know if it's conservative, but it's more open forum. It's kind of like you can just say whatever you want to without any you know, ramifications. Is it Discord? I just heard about Discord. No, 
oh, god damn, I can't remember what it's called, but it's uh I think it starts with a B, maybe. I can't remember. I haven't I haven't seen any of these posts, but I'm pretty yeah, sporadic. I don't, I don't follow the kind of people that Raul does where they get so or I, I guess I really don't look for that kind of shit. Yeah, I mostly just recently started going on Facebook more because we found some new relatives that we didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. So I got on there because that was like the easiest way to to connect with them and kind of keep up with them. I think, it, did you post that about the $2,000? Canadian people getting $2,000? I don't think so. I, I talked about it like, uh, with my sister this morning. but I thought I saw, I definitely saw somebody post it and you brought it up and I was like, oh, maybe it was you. No, I don't think it was me. Huh. I try not to like post too many, too many things like things that. that could start a fight on my Facebook or any kind of social media. Man, my my Facebook, I had to fucking uh, what is it called when they when you can't post stuff that you want to? They censored you. Yeah, my company, my boss censored me pretty much on Facebook. But he was just like, oh, man, interesting. He was like, I don't want, we don't want to see it. Uh, he's like, especially the big boss. Can't say his name because everybody knows him that listens to this. He never wants to see it, right? And I was like, okay, well, you know, I used to post a bunch of coke memes and stuff, remember? Mm-hmm. And he was like, so before I, when I got, got hired, he was like, hey man, do me one. I have one request, one favor, one. You know, I was like, what's that? He's like, stop posting about coke on your Facebook. I'm like, he's like, all the people that you're friends with on there that work where we work are you know they see that and you know now you work for us so it's gotten a little different it's i'm not telling you you can't post anything that you post just no more cocaine posts i was like oh no problem and i haven't posted one since and people literally send them to me all the fucking time yeah it's it's something that i struggle with the the privacy aspect Mm -hmm. on social media in relation to work because in my personal opinion like they created a social media platform called LinkedIn that is meant for your professional, yeah, you know, life on social media. So to me, I'm like, I don't really think it's fair. Again, I know it's open to the public, but like I even see, like I watch a lot of TikToks for people that like make fun of like working from home or like corporate life that I can, you know, relate to and you know, that's open to everyone. So obviously their company can see it. And a lot of them, you know, like get, you know, tagged by their HR teams and stuff for, for what they're doing, you know, in their personal time. So it's, it's pretty wild. I just, I don't really think that's fair, but I do definitely think about that. Like I can't post, you know, if I'm having like a rough day at work or whatever, you know, I have to be really careful about what I post online because it's very easy again, because we have LinkedIn it's very easy if you say anything negative about where you work to find out for people to find out where you work. Right. And it only takes that one person that doesn't really like you at your company to send it to HR or whatever. Right. Yeah. But like, it is like they say, you, you can say whatever you want and do whatever you want, but your boss and your company doesn't have to agree with you. Right. Yeah. Like, you know how they're saying you can, you can, um, like pots now legal in whatever state and you can smoke pot but if your company still does drug tests and you fail at drug tests with pot, you're fired. They're going to fire you because now you're a liability to the company, whatever it is. Just because it's legal in the state doesn't mean your your company allows you to use. Right. Like my mom lives in, in Washington State in the Seattle area, but she's a uh, middle school teacher. And, yeah, she, she would you know lose her job if, if she used it, marijuana products, even though it's legal 
recreationally in, in her state that she lives in. So how do, so who gets to use it then? I guess everybody that wants to, that doesn't get drug tested. Pretty much. I mean, there are certain professions like, uh, you know, doctors, nurses that, you know, it, it would still be, it would still be not illegal, I guess, but it, it would be against your work policy or you could mm. lose your license. So I guess in that sense, it's kind of illegal. You could lose your license to practice. Damn, oh, we're smoking weed, huh? Yeah, so like you said, it just depends on on your job and what um, what their rules are because in some ways, companies are kind of like governments. They have their own rules and regulations and what you can and can't do. Like you said, your company was censoring your Facebook in, in some way. No, no, no. He wasn't like, you can't do this. We just, I don't want to see it. And because I'm friends with him, the big boss, and now some like other coworkers, you know? Gotcha. Um, okay, let's get back to the website's called Parlor. Parlor, yeah. Okay, I have heard of that, but I haven't um, seen, seen the platform at all. Has anyone, do you have that, Tony? Mm-mm. No, I heard somebody talking about it when we were out of town, I think, but I've never looked into it. I mean, only thing I use, I usually only share stuff from Instagram to Facebook. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really make status updates or anything like that. So, you know, it really wouldn't affect my life if they either went away or they stay the same, to be honest with you. I mean, it's just like anything. Like, you get used to using something for so long and then it goes away and you don't think about it anymore. Like, I used to watch Seinfeld all the time and now I don't watch it. Yeah. On, you know, on a regular basis. You know, it's just like when it first goes away, you're like, fuck, I miss it. And then it's just your life continues on. And it'd be the same thing if these things disappear. I mean, I think we as, we as people adapt, you know, you just keep moving forward. You just, I mean, I don't know. I just think that, you know, people put too much stock in them. Like for somebody to lose their job over something they posted online, to me, it's kind of ridiculous. You know, they may be a shitty person for some of the stuff, their opinions or whatever, but I don't think if that should affect their livelihood. Maybe there's a, there's another alternative. Like, it's this whole, like, cancel culture thing. Like, people say stuff from the past, and it comes back to bite them in the ass. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, we've all made mistakes, and just some people are smart enough not to get it recorded. You know? Yeah. Right. But it's also, like, some of the stuff that, these people are getting in trouble with that they said in the eighties and whenever, you know, it wasn't bad to say that kind of stuff back then. Yeah. Or or it wasn't frowned upon or, you know, now it's like, what the fuck did you say, man? But like in the eighties and seventies and sixties or whatever you were saying or word, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. I think the thing is that that says a lot about people now that you think that stuff is bad. So, I mean, I'm sure there's stuff that we're doing now, like 20 years, 30 years from now. They're like, what the fuck were y'all saying that for? Yeah. I like, think that's going to that. be bad. I think yeah. about that all the time. Like what, what the future generations are, are going to say about. Think about how stuff was in the sixties, mm-hmm. you know, and we're not that far removed from it, but now we're all like, why were, why were they doing stuff like that? So it's just yeah. anything like that just shows that people are evolving. So, I mean, like, and people, some people get mad about, you know, the people, the PC police or whatever, but, you know, yeah, you can find new ways to say stuff and still have the same intent. Why are you so fucking dumb instead of calling him the R word? Yeah. I mean, 
Like it took me a second to realize what the R word was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how like you just you don't use it. I was like, what? Yeah, um, I mean, I use it. I don't. I don't fuck. <laughs> I mean, yeah. but yeah, I'm just saying, like you know, obviously certain things are offensive to certain people, and for somebody to be up in arms about something because it doesn't offend them is ridiculous to me. Like you can't always just assume the stuff you think it and do is right. Mm. You know, so you just, yeah. I mean, we as people should grow and, and sometimes you got to sit back and look at it from somebody else's point of view instead of yours all the time. Cause if you always look at everything from your point of view, you're never going to think you think anything you do is wrong. So, you know, like, there's stuff I've said in the past that I definitely wouldn't say now. Like I sometimes I'll see memories from stuff I posted come like, up and I'll be like, oh, I can't say that one. I'm like, man, you know, and that's only like four years ago, you know? So I can only imagine some of the stuff I still post, you know, what I'll think five years from now, you know, if it's, if the stuff's still around or whatever, you know, but I don't yeah. know. It's interesting to think, especially now, like I would say probably people my age that are about to turn, 30 or maybe like 25. Man, you guys are so they're, young. They're like the probably last generation that remembers life without the internet. Yeah. So like for people that literally their whole life have grown up with the internet and everything they've ever did since they were like a little kid is like on the internet. Yeah. Um, it, it's really interesting to see like what kind of problems that's going to cause in the future. Our future president has a sex tape out right now. You know, I mean, essentially that's going to be true. Like, some kid has sent a nude or done something oh, yeah. or posted some, you know, you know, foul meme, but they're going to eventually want to run for president one day. And there's going to be the point where I'm sure people are just going to be like, okay, you know, that's just how they were. Like, they're not going to be now. It's like a whole gotcha thing. Like, you know, you did this and it's just like, motherfucker, you did the shit too. You just don't have it recorded, you know? Yeah, you know, it's I so, thought you meant Joe Biden, and I was like, Joe Biden has a sex tape. Oh, <laughs> you said our future president, yeah. and I was like, well, what? Well, like it's like you just said, we didn't have it recorded. Like, like there's a lot of stuff that we've done that there was no cameras and stuff, right? Yeah, but it doesn't mean that we didn't do it. Yeah, you know, it was like it, people are like oh, acting like they never did what some of these kids are doing, dude. You just there's just no evidence that you did it. Well, it's just like <laughs> you know how some people are on drugs, mm -hmm. and then they'll hear about somebody that passed away from drugs. And then they'll be like, oh, I can't believe that person was doing that. And then they'll pass away from drugs. And it's just like, you know, you you are kind of being hypocritical of pin the point the finger at somebody when you're doing the same exact thing. And there's a lot of people like that. Like there's a like all these people that come out like these politicians, they're like talk about like sex scandals and stuff like that. And it'll get caught sucking dick. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, OK, you don't want other people doing the same thing you're doing, but you want to do it in private. You know, it's like, stop being a hypocrite, man. Yeah, I don't really understand, like, what the psychology behind that is. But I guess a lot of it is just, you know, for your career, for your... Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people probably would be more open if it wasn't so deemed devious and shameful and, you know, not right in a religious way. You know, there's a lot of stuff I think people do be in the shadows that if it was socially acceptable, they would do it in the light. You know, I have a friend of mine, him and his wife, they or into like the swinging culture. Mm -hmm. And I think they're being a little bit more vocal about it now, but I think still they're kind of worried about what other people might think about them because it is kind of taboo. 
But it's just like I'm sure there's a lot of people that cheat on their spouses and if they could have that open relationship, maybe their relationship would be better. But, you know, it's like deemed so wrong that people want to do stuff, you know, in the dark, you know. Yeah, I mean, my like loose opinion is just like if it's not hurting anyone else, then, you know, go for it. Yeah, I, I don't see what's wrong with that. Yeah. Um, but obviously I am not like a very religious person, so I don't have like that whole what it says in the Bible mm-hmm. um, background for yeah. my looking at the world. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I think I always say this all the time. Like, we're all going to die. So I don't understand why we so fucking worry about what everybody thinks, why we tiptoe around shit, why we're not living our life to our fullest potential. Because especially this year, there's a lot of people that passed away unexpectedly that you never thought would be gone as soon as they are. And I guarantee you, they didn't think that they were going to be gone. And so I don't understand why most of us are not doing the stuff we want to do. We're just doing stuff just to get by, not full on living our, our full potential. You know, it's just, it's sad, you know, because one day we're not going to wake up. And I don't know what happens once you don't wake up anymore. Like, there's nobody that can come back and tell me, you know, their experiences because they're not physically here. So all I can do now is just try to live my life to the best. And I think everybody should try to do the same thing. Like, stop fucking all this bullshit, like worrying about what other people are doing and all this other nonsense and just get to the, just get to living a little bit better. Focus on yourself, right? Like, yeah. You know, like, and that's what you've been doing, you know, you've been, yeah. you've been focusing on yourself, well, not like in a selfish way, but like you've been making some big improvements and stuff like that. You've lost a lot of weight. Uh, yeah. You've, um, you've, you're starting a new career. Um, well, I'm, I'm training, I guess, or trying to train for it, for, uh, switching my career. Yeah. You want to talk about that or no? Yeah, I can talk about that. So I have been, um, taking my prerequisites of, to get into nursing school. So I've got one application in and I'm getting a couple more in over the next few months, uh, to hopefully start nursing school in the fall, uh, to, uh, to pivot out of my current career path, uh, which I mentioned earlier is, is in sales, which is just not, uh, just not my passion. And it's just not something that gives me fulfillment. Kind of like what Tony was saying, like it, it doesn't make me happy. It doesn't make me feel like I'm making a difference or helping anyone or. So you want to help people because that's what nurses do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I would say like, that's probably the thing I always mention the most, like in my current career, when people are like, Oh, what do you enjoy? Like, you know, I like helping people. And, um, I just don't think I'm helping people that much by selling them software. So I would, uh, I'd rather do something that will make a genuine impact just on the the day to day, even if it's just on one person. Yeah. Are you going to, are you going to go to Memphis next year school or UT Um, health, whatever it's called? Yeah, so I'm applying to both, and then I'm also applying to the um, the Southwest, just like the community college mm-hmm. here as well. So that would be only an associate's program um, for my ultimate goals in nursing, and many hospitals require or like strongly prefer you to have a, a bachelor's mm-hmm. uh, in nursing. So that's that's why I'm applying to, to UT Health as well as um, – U of M, they're Lowenberg, 
I think it's the name Lowenberg College of Nursing. Nursing, yeah. It's right over there on Getwell and Park. Uh, my friend Buddy, well, you know Buddy too. Buddy is a nurse, and they they made him go back to school to get his uh, bachelor's. Like he had his two-year nursing degree or whatever, mm-hmm. but they made him go back and get his uh, – which he did, you know, he said, fuck it, and they made, they paid him more when he got it. And, but, like, yeah. he was like, man, fuck, I don't want to go back to school. But, um, yeah, yeah, he did that. And uh, are you going to be, when you when you do graduate from nursing school, because uh, all y'all are smart, you, your sister, and Shannon, I mean, y'all are just, like, smart. Thank you. But uh, um, is, are you going to be a traveling nurse? I'm not sure yet. Um so there, there's a lot of different avenues that you can take with nursing. I am open to travel uh, nursing. My only kind of uh, caveat with that is that I do have a dog. Um, mm. So I would either have to see if I could take him with me or see if he could stay with one of my sisters uh, while while I was doing that. But because, I'm open to it for sure. Because those assignments are how long? So I mean, like, sometimes like a only like three months, right? Yeah, I think Ashley is like three to four months or something. Because I know uh, when Lisa Davenport did hers, she went out there and she ended up staying like the whole time. Like she never left her first assignment. But I think that's an option you have too. Yeah, so that would be a nice way to just kind of experience living in, in different cities. But um, ideally, I think I may... Like I mentioned earlier, my my mom lives in the Pacific Northwest in the Washington State, um, and I uh, I really love it out there, and uh, I love Memphis, but I don't know if I feel of it it's of it as like my forever home. I've been here for about I think coming up on my sixth year now, and it's a great place to live, but I just don't know if it's like my forever home. I'm kind of tired of like the super hot, sticky mm. summers, especially if global warming continues. I I think going as far north as possible will be helpful. So I may um, like to to look into living in the Oregon or oh, Washington State area. Oh, it's really area. beautiful there. It is, and I like to like go hiking and stuff. Not, I'm not like that very outdoorsy, but I'll do like a day trail kind of thing. Well, uh, like I've lived here, I think 25 years. Or, I don't know how long. It's been a long time, and you just don't get used to the heat. People, I mean, you can ask like a 70-year-old man or lady or woman or whatever. They tell you the same thing. You just you just don't get used to it, man. Like, And I don't know how they live down in New Orleans all that when it's so fucking muggy and shit down there. Yeah, people love to say that since I'm from New Jersey or from the north. They'll be like, oh, well, like and when it's cold, they're like, oh, well, you're used to it. And it's like, well, cold is still cold. And same thing like you're saying, like hot is still hot. It's still uncomfortable. So with the job, you'd obviously get to travel a lot if you take the traveling nurse, right? Now, can you do that for like overseas too? Or is it, I don't know, I've not, you may, may not know, but like, can you go overseas with it and stuff? Or is it just America? I don't I, think it transfers because uh, yeah. the only reason I say that is because I met when we were in Africa, we met this uh, chick and she was like a nurse practitioner and she said hers wouldn't travel over there. Yeah. So like Tony was saying, uh, even in America, your license is state by state. Mm. So you have to get licensed in each state that you're practicing. Uh, so like same thing, uh, you know, there's people that are doctors in, um, you know, uh, other countries. And then when they come to, to live in America, 
they, you know, their credentials are not active. You know what? Someone wasn't Hanin's dad like a doctor or something like that. I think he was a professor. Oh, professor. Okay, never mm-hmm. mind. I thought for some reason maybe Hanin's that was like a doctor or something like that. But then when he came to America, none of that stuff transferred, and I guess the language barrier when he first came and all that stuff was too hard for him to overcome, like to become a doctor year. But dude, being a doctor year, it takes a lot. Like it's a lot because they keep on adding to the tests they have to take before they can get the MD license. And like, it used to be just two parts or three parts. And now it's like five parts. Like you, there's part two, the first two parts of the, are the all nothing but book shit. And the third part is third and fourth part is like clinicals or something like that. Not clinicals, but um, rotations, like after you graduate, like before you graduate or something. And then a lot of people, that's where a lot of people fail because they're not interact with the uh, patient. Yeah, it's kind of similar for for nursing. So you mentioned like your your friend was a a nurse, but he only had his associate's degree. So whether you have your associate's or you get a bachelor's program, you can still take your NCLEX, which is the test you need to pass to become a a registered nurse. Mm. Um, But like I said, depending on the job, uh, it can be better to have your bachelor's. And my ultimate goal, I would like to... um, get my RN and then work most likely in a hospital setting. But I am hoping to get different kinds of uh, different kinds of uh, experience in our clinicals that you'll have during nursing school. Mm -hmm. So I can get different environments and see which one kind of works best for me. Um, But ultimately work as an RN in a hospital setting of some sort for a couple of years. And then I plan to, uh, go back and get a more specialized degree, maybe in nurse in a being to uh, like a nurse anesthetist or even a nurse practitioner I got uh, you. because you can make a lot more more money. Well, isn't isn't what do they what do they call what's the other thing? It's kind of like a nurse practitioner, but usually what males go for a nurse practitioner, but males. Yeah, it's it has a different name, and a lot of males usually end up getting that. Um, Maybe a, a physician's assistant. That's what. It, yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't that the same thing as nurse practitioner? I don't. I don't know the the difference um, between the two. I think. I think as a physician's assistant, I think you're more like of like a medical doctor. But as a nurse practitioner, you can like I could move to some like small town in Tennessee that doesn't have a local doctor. And I could, you know, see patients as you would see like your regular physician got you. as a ner- nurse practitioner. So have you done a lot of traveling or do you want to do more traveling? I mean, you're young. So, I mean, I haven't obviously done, done a lot of traveling recently. Yeah. Uh, I actually <laughs> was hoping to um, go to Europe before COVID hit. I was going to try and go like in the spring. Um, which obviously I couldn't do. Luckily, I hadn't already like booked any flights or anything like that mm. um, when uh, when COVID hit. But uh, no, I mean I've done I've done a fair amount of traveling within the U.S., but I haven't done a lot of international travel. Uh, so I definitely want to do more more international travel. Are you going to try to book that trip for spring twenty one, or are you going to wait till twenty two? Uh, I have to see what 
what happens with my financing for mm-hmm. nursing school. So I am trying to do an accelerated program, uh, which you can do if you already have a bachelor's degree in another field, which I do. Smart ass bitch. I have, I have a, a bachelor's degree already in sociology. Uh, so they have these accelerated programs uh, that you can do to get your BSN and um, they're full-time programs. So I would not be able to keep my current job or really in most cases they say they don't really recommend working at all. Uh, so I have been trying to save up because in theory I may Need um, all of it. I may have, have no income for a year to year and a half while I'm in nursing so school. So that's how quick you can get your BSN? Yeah, the program at UT is only 12 months, which is very accelerated. Holy shit. Because uh, you're taking the same amount that you would have in like a trimester mm-hmm. and just squeezing it into that time frame. I believe the program at Memphis is 15 months. And then I'm not sure how long the program at Southwest would take. I'm hoping that I'll get into one of my BSN programs, but I'm applying there as a as a backup in case. Uh, you'll, I know some nurses... And you'll definitely have no problem getting either one of those schools. Uh, I, I hope that's the case. I'm hoping, especially with COVID, like I don't know if there's more people applying to nursing school than usual or oh, less. Oh, because they want to help, huh? Yeah, I mean, I made the decision to start um, applying to, to nursing school and uh, taking, so I had to take a couple prereqs. So with uh, your science courses, I'd actually taken most of them previously, uh, but depending on the school, Normally, it's five or seven years uh, that you have to have taken your sciences within. Otherwise, uh, and that's going to be your anatomy uh, one and two and uh, microbiology for, for most schools. That's that's going to be that's the what minimum. They, uh, that, that's one field. The medical field is one field that's always going to have a need for more people. Yeah, that was kind of um, – so I, I started going to therapy like last – October. So I guess I'm a little over a year. And, um, I was just like really unfulfilled in, in my current career path. And I really didn't know, uh, what I wanted to do. I have my degree in sociology, which I loved sociology. It's very interesting field. I think everyone should have to take at least a few sociology courses just to interact with, with people in the world. But it doesn't directly, it's one of those uh, degrees that does not transition directly into a role. And I knew like I didn't want to be a social worker and I didn't, um, I didn't want to be like a professor in sociology Mm. and get my master's in sociology. So I was kind of just contemplating like what, what is important to me in a career, in a field. And like the biggest thing for me was again, having a sense of fulfillment and that I'm helping. And um, there were several other factors, but that that was one. Plus with nursing, many nurses, you'll have the option to work more, but many nurses only work, uh, you'll work 12-hour shifts, but many, you, some three days a week, many four, yeah. four plus. I mean, obviously with the pandemic, I'm sure they're working many more. Um, so that's kind of nice to have the flexibility of like only a four day work week, uh, but also the option to work extra days and then make overtime as well. So uh, that was another aspect that, that I really liked. But obviously, number one is to have a, a more fulfilling career and ultimately helping. I can't remember who I was talking to on, um, I think it was through Insta- Instagram on DM. 
But they were telling me that they work three 12 hour shifts a week and they get paid for 40 hours like normal. And like it's 36 hours for a nurse and at their hospital is a full time. I just can't remember who it was. And the rest of the time they just have to themselves, you know, work out gym, whatever, you know, like learn more if they want, but they say it's great. Yeah. I mean, obviously working, you know, a 12 hour shift is, is pretty grueling. Um, but like I said, then you have all that other time. So like I may not, you may not get to the gym or that sort of thing during those days that you're working, but you have several off days where you can catch up on things like that, catch up on your sleep, catch up on, you know, this thing, especially if you're working as like a night nurse yeah. um, in the evenings, obviously your schedule is a lot different than, you know, go to your own doctor's appointment. I would sort of love a schedule like that. I would love like work four days during the week. Mm-hmm. Like my buddy Matt Marcy, he works for the Miller House out there in Jackson, and he's off on Fridays. He works on Sunday. Like that, that just seems like a great trade off. He works Sunday and doesn't work Mondays. Uh, he doesn't or work Fridays, uh, Friday. Friday, yeah. Like I just wish I had something like that, or like you could work like all you get all your work done. You can take the Friday off if you if you wanted to or whatever. You know that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be nice for sure. I'm sure. I mean, I don't think most people agree that the five day. Work week, eight hours, you know, the average is is necessary. I think many people can get, you know, the amount of work that they're assigned done in, in a much shorter amount of time. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, this is just happened to us at work. This is this is crazy. And I think when they realize how many people had to fit this number, they're going to change it in January. They gave us two weeks to complete like our bonus money and everybody was done after the eighth day. So now when they see this going, they're going to make it, I think they're going to make it harder for us to hit our bonus money coming moving forward because everyone, like literally every, all the, tw- all 32 guys were done with their uh, bonus money thing. Yeah. It's that's like, that's one of the things I really disliked about sales is that even if you are like overperforming, you're hitting your quota, you're exceeding your quota, then the next round they just raise your quota. Mm, yeah. So no matter what, like the ultimate goal is always for them to continue to pay you less. Um, oh, 100%. You know, but also work harder. That was one of the reasons like I left my previous company is they like raised my quotas significantly, but also gave me more responsibility and more work to do. So I was getting paid less to do more. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, right? Like That's what I thought. So that's why I left. But, um, okay. What, uh, so you said that Memphis, you don't, you said that you, you don't call Memphis your home or what did you I say? I don't call it, I, I don't see it being my forever, forever home. Okay. Okay. So I don't know if I feel that way about anywhere. I think everyone should live in several different places. Um, your sister's lived in like five places. Um, Shannon has lived, well, we're all, you know, grew up in New Jersey together. So New Jersey, she's lived in, um, Utah, and she's lived in California, so just just the three. Mm. Well, and here, obviously, and then Kelly has lived here, and then really just in the San Francisco area. Oh, um, for some reason, and, I thought it was. For some reason, I thought it was more than that. Didn't she do like an assignment, like a school thing, in like? Oh, oh sorry, yeah, 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 she did. Um, oh, study abroad. Yeah, Kelly did study abroad in London. If you would read her book, you would know that. Yeah, that's how I knew <laughs> that. I read the book. Yeah, so Kelly has. Kelly's the only one that has lived abroad and I've lived in um, New Jersey, obviously where I grew up. I went to school. I went to Virginia tech. So I lived in Blacksburg, Virginia there. Um, And I, for a brief amount of time, about six months 
lived in Atlanta for my previous company. That's where like our training program was. So you kind of go to like school there for several months. Um, so I was living and working in Atlanta and then, um, I got my like kind of permanent assignment here in Memphis, but I had the, I had an option between several different places. I almost picked Chicago, but the lower cost of living here and the warmer weather, like not having the very cold winters is kind of what, uh, swayed, swayed my decision to, to choose Memphis over Chicago. So I'm always going to live in Memphis. I think, what about you, Tony? I like it here. I like, I mean, you know, all my friends here, my, all, my, all my family is here. Well, my, my immediate family is here, except for my brother. He lives in Virginia with his family, but like, you know, I don't, I don't want to live somewhere where I don't know anybody or anything like that. You know, like I don't want to be 40 years old and moving to say Austin to like for a badass job or something like I'll probably turn it down to be honest with you. It's definitely very challenging. Like I, like I said, I grew up in New Jersey, but we no longer have like none of our family lives there anymore. So I definitely understand for people like in my hometown that have never left, but like all their cousins, their mom, their dad, you know, everyone they know uh, lives there. Um, but to me, it's it's been very helpful. And I think my sisters feel the same way that to kind of go out on your own. And it definitely is lonely at first. Like I had a hard time meeting people in Memphis before. Um, before Kelly came in and lived with me for a year. Uh, and then you have that kind of built in person to go out with hmm. um, versus like having to like find a friend group. Plus like when I first moved here, I was like the youngest person in my office by probably like 20, 30 years or like even the, people, shit, really? even the people that were younger, they were like men that were married and had kids. So it like, you know, they weren't going to, their wife wasn't going to let them like go hang out with their 20, 26 year old yeah. uh, coworker after work kind of thing. So I couldn't meet people at work and I was working a lot and um, I'm not really the type to like go out to the bar by myself. I just don't really find that enjoyable. I've done it, you know, in the past, but it's not for me. Yeah. But when you say you go, you've done it, like would you end up going to like silly goose where you knew the bartender maybe or something like that? Cause that I would go hang out with Brad. If Tony wasn't ready, come downtown. But if you, know. you don't know the bartender. Right. This oh, is before, oh, oh, you before you knew the people. Okay, I'm sorry. I see what you're saying now. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would, too. Like, hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's up? You know, okay, get a mimosa, please. Thanks. You know, that's the extent of the conversation he has with you, you know. And then you might be like, hey, man, you know, we get some blow at. Yeah, I mean, definitely not to say, like, people in Memphis are very friendly. Like, I've gone, like, I went back to visit Atlanta and I went to this place called the Daiquiri Factory. Shout out to the Daiquiri Factory. It's like Wet Willies, but like much stronger. Hmm, God, um, those things are drinks. potent, man. And um, it's like I think locally owned there. And I was just like there. I just wanted to go and like have a drink. And then there was some people at the table next to me, and like they just saw I was by myself and started talking to me. And you know, um, that was fun. But, that was um, nice of them. Yeah. So there's definitely you know nice people out there, and you can definitely meet people going out by yourself, but. Um, I'm not as talkative as like my sisters are, uh, like I'm sure, you know, Kelly, she, she can talk to anybody. Yeah, she's she, more, she she's us, more extroverted She gets us am. up to like two o'clock in the morning, one morning at the, in the kitchen. <laughs> like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. She was just, she was just talking about all kinds of different stuff. Yeah. She'll, she'll keep going if you let her. So Tony, what's wrong? The kind of. I thought you were going to ask a question. Oh, no, you just kind of looked like. 
I mean, do you feel I, left out, Tony? No. <laughs> <laughs> I do have another. I have a couple of questions. I mean, you know. Yeah, I'll answer um, whatever you got. What are, what is on the top of your bucket list? Oh, I didn't expect you to ask me that question, so I don't have anything prepared. Okay, um, Tony, you go. And, <laughs> yeah, I'll let Tony then, go first. And then just copy Tony. That sounds as like far it. as what? What's on the top of your bucket list? Like you know, you have your bucket like something list. Something you, you want to do before you, you die. Yeah, like what's the what's like the top thing you've thought of or whatever. Have I asked you about stuff before? I don't think oh, so. Okay, I was like, um, I just want to keep doing what I'm doing, just more traveling. There's a lot of places I want to go that I haven't been to yet. Okay. Um, try to help more people if possible. That's all I can think of right now. Yeah, just traveling. Like I said, I want to. There's a couple of places I want to go. Like I want to go to Thailand. I want to go to Bali, Japan, Japan, China, Brazil. You know, and like I said, just just continue trying to do this thing we're doing with the homeless and less fortunate. Is uh. Something I think that I can do, maybe if I can start something that will continue on after I'm not around anymore. That's the thing I think. I think we Legacy. should all. Yeah, I think all we all should try to do something to make the world better than we first got into it. I agree with that. Okay. Now that I've had some time to think about it, um, definitely one of the things that's at the top of my bucket list is to see the Northern Lights. Oh man, that'd be so awesome. I've wanted to do that for a really long time. So that's definitely on my bucket list. Um, as well, kind of like what Tony was saying, I would like to um I would like to have positively impacted at least one person's life in a, a significant way. And that doesn't like necessarily have to be like, you know, I started some grand charity or anything like that, but just to know that, you know, there's one person out there that it mattered that that they met me or or I was able to help them. And um, as well, obviously, I, I would love to to do more traveling. Like I mentioned, more international travel. I've never been to to Europe or Asia. I'd love to go. And um, I think my ultimate goal in life is to, you know, when people say they, if you like love your job, you, you never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. That is what I would like to achieve. I would like to be making a way to support myself and in theory, if I have one in the future, a family and not wake up, you know, dreading going to work or doing work or whatever the, the process is there. What about you, Rara? Uh, help people. Uh, yeah, help people. I think we're probably like top five probably. I really don't have a, I, I don't know people, I'm, I'm sure there's people that write down number one, number two, number three. I don't know. I, I just never think of doing that stuff like that. But uh, helping people definitely get out there more, see more. Um, I don't know. That's about it, I guess. Right. So you don't have any set goals? No. You don't ever set goals? No, not really. I don't think I do. The answer is no, then it's either yes or no. <laughs> uh, I think if you're not setting goals or have something to aspire to, I don't know why you get up every morning because there's got to be more than just doing your day to day bullshit. You have to have something to look forward to. I think that's why, like when we're in high school 
in, in grade school or whatever, it seems like it takes forever because we have some an attainable goal we're trying to reach. We're trying to get to 12th grade and then be gone. Some people want to go to college. Some people just want to go into the work field. But at least you know there's a deadline that you're trying to get to. And that's why I think that most of it, it, it seems like it takes forever. Like I've been out of school now for 20 plus years and I could have went to high school all over again, you know, through grade, through grade school, through high school again. And it just seems like, you know, 10 years when you're not looking forward to anything just blips by like that, mm-hmm. you know? And so to not have something to, to look forward to, to me, it just seems kind of pointless. What are, you, what are some of your goals right now? My goal, like I said, is to try to do more with with this Sunday's best. Oh, I, I said that yesterday. What are you talking about? I said that yesterday with Crystal, remember? I, I said I'm talking. I mean, that's kind of a moot point. But I'm just saying, like, that's what I'm trying to do. That is a personal goal. Trying to get this podcast popping is a personal goal of mine. Um, like I said, trying to do more with my life than just living the day to day. That's the ultimate thing to me. Because like you said, Robin, like you should wake up and not feel ho hum about doing something. Cause to me it's just like you can live thirty years doing that and that's thirty years you wasted. You know? Exactly. You're you're basically fulfilling somebody else's goal. Cause it's like that thing I saw at Nick and Eubanks house back in the day. It's like those without goals work for those who do. You know. Oh yeah. I mean, I have goals, I guess. I don't know how to why to say them. I don't know. Uh, I mean, no one can speak for you but yourself, man. Thank you. That's very <laughs> I mean, deep thought there. I mean, I'm not trying to be, but I mean like you act like you're a mush mouth all the time, like you cannot spit anything out. Well, remember yesterday I was talking when we were talking Honestly, about Honestly, I don't remember this conversation. You don't? No. I said uh that I want to make this Sunday's best thing bigger. I become like a five one, make it a five one three C and all that stuff, okay. and then work for that maybe. That's so a goal. the thing, I mean, no one can say that but you. And then for oh, what, when, when you say that, when somebody asks you a question, you're like, "Well, I don't have any goals." Well, so what is one thing that you're doing today, or that you could do today, role to to get you to that ultimate goal? Um, we're we're doing the bags. For the homeless people, and then I'm texting Lauren, asking her to set up the five hundred one three C for me. Did you text her? No, not yet. I'm See, going- this is the thing. So yesterday, I do remember this conversation. Now, yesterday we we're like, "Why don't you text her right now?" I'll text her on Monday. Well, I didn't want to interrupt her weekend. It's a text. She can either reply or not. Yeah, this is this is something that Rolla and I have. <laughs> I have a, a procrastination problem as well. I mean, I'm sorry. You know, it's just like, because like, okay, I'll, I'll tell you all this. So when I was out of town, I asked Raul to do some stuff for this homeless stuff, you know, because I was nine hours ahead of everybody. And I was like, hey, can you do this? You know, when I get back in town, I'll try to pick up the slack. So I get back in town. I'm like, hey, man, what's going on with those jackets? And some lady's supposed to give some jackets, right? He's like, she gave them away. And I'm like. Okay, they're her jackets. She can do whatever the fuck she wants with them. You know, it's kind of shitty that she gave them away, but, you know, it's her jackets. I was like, what's the next move? I don't know. So I'm like, I started getting a little agitated. And I was like, well, just send a fucking Facebook status. You know, instead of posting 10,000 memes 
a day. Take time out of your hand. He's got his phone in his hand right now. And just write a simple status update. Once he did that, it started getting some more traction. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, it's just simple things. Like, the worst somebody can say is no or not respond. But at least get the word out there. Like, you, you can just ask a question. Because you never know. Somebody might see it who may not be able to do anything. But they'll be able to share it with their friend that can do something. Right. You know, and if you're just asking, you don't always have to. It's not always about monetary. Like, it's just clean your fucking closet out. I mean, I know most people have shit they don't wear or they can get rid of that somebody else can benefit from. And so, you know, just doing simple things like that, like you said, trying to impact somebody positively, you know, like somebody with a warmer coat this winter that somebody else is not going to use. That's the world to them at that moment. For sure. Yeah. Um, I do have a bag or Kelly has a bag of clothes for you. And yeah, yeah, I was like, I don't really think I have that much. But then I found like my winter bin that I never even unpacked from when I moved into nice. her home like over a year ago. And I, w- I had just bought in a beanie because I was like, yeah, I don't really have any beanies. And then I was going through this box and I had like six of them. <laughs> so I, I'm donating all my beanies to, to you. Nice. Thank you. Well, yeah, like I told her, like, I have no room in my car physically for anything else in there to fit. And I wasn't sure how much you had. So I was like, can you just put it in your bag and I'll, in your car and I'll see you down there at three today and we'll keep it at the Beetle downstairs. But that was another thing. Like, you know, people, I knew meeting people to get the shit and storing it somewhere was going to be easier than getting them to take it somewhere. Because first of all, they didn't even want to go through their closets, right? I had to like poke a lot of people to do it for me. And which they did when they, they, when they did it, it was awesome. You know, they, they ended up with a bunch of shit, you know, like, man, I'm so glad I did this. Thanks, man. You know, here's all the stuff. And I just kept all this stuff at Mark's house. And, but like to ask him to take it from their house somewhere else was more, was going to be impossible because they were like, man, I'm not taking it. One person told me straight up, like, I'm not taking it all the way downtown and I'm not taking it to wherever this price that place is. I live in Arlington, you know, I was like, okay, that's, that's fair. I'm in Arlington three times. A week. I can be in Arlington five days a week if I have to be to get this from you. So I finally linked up with her and she gave me like 10 bags with the stuff, you know, like, that's I awesome. mean, because it's her husband, like they have a nice big home. And so, you know, they had probably have a bunch of closets they went through to like declutter and stuff. So like, you know, so that's why I just met a bunch of people up and got the stuff from them and just kept on taking all the stuff to Mark's house. Yeah, the easier you make it on someone to do something good. I think, uh, Tony, I think you talked about this like earlier in the year on your podcast, how like the social media platforms had all these things saying to uh, to register to vote. Oh, yeah. And it's like, yeah, that made it so much easier. Even mm-hmm. just me, I had to just check. I was like, oh, I, I want to make sure like everything's good. Mm-hmm. So having that reminder, even though it was annoying for some people, like that probably did encourage them to register to vote yeah. that, that wouldn't have otherwise. And again, all they probably had to do was Google, how do I register to vote mm-hmm. in my state? But just having that reminder on something that they're already doing, it just makes a difference. Same thing, like posting the the status on Facebook or or whatever, you know, you can do what you can to, to motivate people. But yeah, the, the easier you make it to do good, the more good that will be done. And that's what I knew was going to happen because some of these, a lot of people didn't want to even, you know, go through the closet and I said, Oh man, we'll get, I'll do it in springtime. I was like, no, I need the stuff now. I need the stuff now. I'll, I'll take it in springtime too, but I'll do, I need it now. You know? So I don't know. Yeah. I, I texted, really I, I just, people. I just texted Lauren by the way, let everybody know. I just texted. Lauren. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't really understand people being like, Oh, I don't want to go through my closet. Like it's not that hard. It took me like probably 
two minutes to yeah. take the things out of my box and go through my closet. But I also don't have like a ton of clothes because I I've moved several times and every time I move I I usually take uh, items to to Goodwill and donate them there. Goodwill, Goodwill, Good, Goodwill is the devil. I mean, I don't know about that. Like, there's still operating costs. No, to, no, no, no. To run this, no, shit. no, you're right. I'm just saying that on every dollar, eight cents goes to the people in need because of the operating. Because they're so big, you know, they have so many people who work there and stuff. Granted, they're doing more than a lot of people are, but that I, that that that's what I read online that it was eight cents. Because they employ people too. Yeah. Because like when I worked at the IRS, we had them. They use them for the cleaning. Oh, and really? It was like a lot of special needs people too. So. Well, maybe Goodwill isn't the devil, and maybe it's like the someone that everybody knows. They get all. all you know, it's kind of like it's it's kind of like St. Jude. You know, everybody donates. Well, not everybody. Well, yeah, everybody that has long hair that like, decides to cut their hair and donate the lock to St. Jude, right, for the wigs and stuff. Everybody knows St. Jude is the place for that, right? But, you know, there's other children's hospitals that make wigs from, and but we don't ever hear about them because we live in Memphis. And, you know, and they were saying that, you know, they have so much hair for wigs for, for the kids that kind of like maybe we should give it to somebody else, you know, like. I think the thing is, is like they're a brand. Yeah. So it's just like you see that Nike swoop and you associate that with shoes. Mm-hmm. You associate, you know. Children's hospitals with St. Jude, you associate don't you know clothes to Goodwill, even though there's the thrift stores and you know all the other kind of stuff or Salvation Army. Now, I heard another good one. I'm sorry, were you done? My yeah, that's I'm oh, sorry. Uh, I heard another good one, uh, to give to is Bibles for China. You remember the one over there by yeah. the titty club? Mm-hmm. They, if you have like furniture and stuff, they'll come and pick it up. Like they have like a little, they have vans and like people that work for them, they come, they do this stuff. Talking about that, if you guys, if anybody listening needs a dresser, a nightstand, so I have two dresses, two dresses to get to some, somebody wants, and um, a nightstand. They, they look really nice too. They're all, one of them's all white and queen size mattress with the box spring, no frame. So, somebody donated that. No, I mean, yeah, but I didn't have any way to put it. So I asked them if they could just keep it in their garage for right now. And I said, sure. It, they said, literally, it's been here for like a year. So. Did you post about it? Uh, no. There you go. But I'm talking about it. Yeah, You're I'm probably going to get more traction on posting about it. You're right. But I didn't have a really good, honestly, the reason I didn't post about I have the picture, but it's a really shitty picture I took. So, so you took the bad picture, right? That's what I'm saying. I I, just, I said I did. So what's going to happen? <laughs> so is why don't people, you just ask them to take a new? What's picture? What's going to happen is I didn't think about that. Because people are like, let me see what it looks like, right? Because everyone's like, hey, what does it look like? You know, because they, you instantly think they donated, so it's like trashy looking or something. I don't know, but it's better than nothing. I guess it depends on how bad you need it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that are always just looking for shit. Like yeah. when I first got my first place, I didn't barely have any furniture because I couldn't afford it. You know, like when I was 20 something. And so like I slept on a mattress. I don't even think I had a box spring, you know? So if somebody would have had a box spring and a mattress and a dresser and shit to give me, I would have taken it. I mean, beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. You know? So, yes, I think your goal for today would be, Hey, can you send me a better picture or post a picture and then see what traction you get? That's a good idea. Yeah. 
Yeah, this was something Kelly said that I don't really know if she meant it to be very helpful at the time, but um, I I tend to overanalyze and try to overplan things, and I'm always waiting for like the right moment to do things. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, you you have to just stop like coming up with excuses not to start something and just do it and just commit to it. So that's actually like how I ended up committing to uh, going back to school and like starting my, my career in nursing is just from some push from her. So it's good that you push Raul. And I think fear, fear stops a lot of us from doing a lot of stuff for sure. You know, it's always like, you know, am I going to be fail or people going to laugh at me for doing something? But it's like, if you're young enough, or you're still breathing, there's still time to start over. And it, you're probably worrying about people that aren't even doing shit. The right. opinion of you. Mm, true. You know, so like, who gives a fuck what somebody thinks? If it makes you happy and you think it could be beneficial for you or some other person, do it. As long as it's not hurting anybody, I don't see the problem with trying something. Like, even with this whole thing, like, I just said, fuck it, man. I just got to buy equipment you know, and, and figure it out. And then, you know, either it's going to work out and I can do it as long as I want, or I just quit whenever I want. But at least I got to try to do something and stop instead of just, you know, like, Oh man, should I, should I go or should I not go? And, you know, you never know like what you're doing, how it can affect, you know, yourself or other people or make other people feel, you know, cause like, since we've been doing this, I've got messages from people and they talk about how like, certain people's conversations inspire them to think a different way or try new things. And, you know, it's just, you can't always just do stuff for yourself. You know, sometimes when you do stuff, it affects other people. It's kind of like a butterfly effect, you know? So, yeah, I've definitely gotten, you know, like good messages from, from your podcast and just podcasts as a whole, actually listening to a podcast is, um, one of the the major factors that caused me to to quit drinking mm. initially, I was listening to uh, the very popular My Favorite Murder podcast. I'm sure many of your listeners are, are familiar. And um, one of the hosts was doing a dry January, and she mentioned this book, and it's called uh, This Naked Mind by Annie Grace. And um, she was like, yeah, it really helped me kind of change the way I view drinking and it helped me like cut back and just kind of keep going for my dry January. And, um, at the time I was like open to the ideas while I was kind of wanting to do the same, like take like a 30 day break from drinking. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, downloaded the audiobook and I listened to it and it just, uh, it goes through kind of systematically, like all the excuses you give yourself for, for drinking yeah, or, or like why drinking is helping you. And, um, to me, I'm a very like, logical like give me the science person so it just it clicked and it just made sense for me and instead of like feeling like I was missing out by not drinking it just kind of helped me change my view of like I'm not missing out I just like don't have to do that yeah anymore oh so you know I was I was, that was my thing to bring up too but like glad you went into it do you miss drinking I do not miss drinking i go through like small phases of like oh you know i'm like more of an introverted kind of quiet person so when i was drinking like once i get like a couple drinks and not like i'm in like a 
good mood. I become more talkative and, and that sort of thing. I miss like how it helps in social interactions, I guess kind of helps me like open up a bit more. Um, but overall, like it's for the the best that, it, that I don't, I know that's like what's best for me, but I do have like, I actually wasn't expecting it because it, it hasn't happened like for any other holiday, like 4th of July, I wasn't drinking during like St. Patrick's day, Memorial day, like big, you know, like summer drinking holidays and uh, it didn't bother me at all. But, uh, with like the Thanksgiving and Christmas holiday, it's been like kind of hitting me more. Like, I guess I just associate having like vacation and like an extended time off with drinking. Cause that's what I would normally do. And, um, uh, so I, I wasn't really expecting that, but I don't like think I'm going to, to drink. I just, I've been having that urge. Plus, um, you guys know my, my sisters and they, they both still drink. So I have alcohol like in my house all the time. So I've been having like micro, like when I open up the fridge, I'm like, I should have a white claw, but I'm like, why am I thinking that? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want the white claw, yeah. but, um, and again, it's just for like a split second, but I've just been having those kind of like micro lapses lately, I guess. Cause yeah, uh, Kelly didn't drink that for like a while. It was like what, three months or something like that. Yeah, Kelly, um, well, she regularly, like, has a pretty strict rule of not drinking during the week. Mm -hmm. Um, So she doesn't drink during, like, the work week or school week or whatever. Whatever. And um, she was wanting uh, to to lose some weight. So she she cut out drinking to to just cut out calories. And uh, I think she was doing kind of, like, you guys were doing a challenge together sort of thing. Yeah, we were just keeping each other motivated and on pace. Yeah, so Kelly definitely um, doesn't, you know, I would say she drinks pretty pretty infrequently, especially now yeah. with us being home all the time. She's not really a big, like, drink-at-home person. She's more, like, go out, be social, like, go to the bar, talk to people when, when she drinks. Yeah, I don't, I hardly ever drink at home. Unless there's people coming over or something like that, then I'll have some beers or something like that. But, like, I never think about, oh, it's Tuesday after, it's Tuesday evening, let me crack open this middle light before I go to bed or whatever. Now, you know, like, nah, I've just never been like that. That's good. That's a good habit not to have. Tony, what about you? As far as drinking goes? Yeah. Do you enjoy the booze? I could go without it, man. I think I drink maybe two times when I was out of town. Mm. And part of that is because I don't know anywhere I'm at. Like, like it's a different language, different set of rules. I don't want to end up in some bad fucked up situation, like you know, a, like, like in a, in a, in a tub with your kidney cut out. Yeah. Like you're not going to be my Liam Neeson. No, you're not going to come fucking save me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I will, co- I will contact the consulate though. But yeah. So like, I don't know. I, and even when I do, I don't just get drink to get fucked up. You right. know, like I'm a slow drinker. Extremely so. slow drinker. But you know, like I don't condone anybody for, you know, whatever they do, as long as it's not hurting them or somebody else. But I don't know. Alcohol's never been a big part of my life. That's good. Yeah. I, by no means, like I don't like look down on people or anything for, for drinking. I just know that it's better for me that I don't. Yeah. So Tony, I'll go with Robin first. Robin advice for people. No, I got a question. For you who? said 
Robin. Oh. You said, did you mention, you said uh, you did therapy or in therapy? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm still currently in therapy. Um, I go once a week and, um, it's been really helpful to me. Like I was in therapy when I made the decision to quit drinking and I personally like abdicate for everyone to, to have therapy. Like whether you think you have issues with any kind of mental illness or disorder, mm-hmm. um, I, I just think it's so helpful to have someone to talk to that is completely objective to your life. Yeah. They don't know anyone you know. They don't have any like skin in the game. They're just there to, you know, help and guide you. And um, yeah, while, while I've been in therapy where I don't like, you know, I think a lot of people think of therapy as like just your therapist asking you like, you know, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Which like isn't, and maybe some therapists, maybe that's their approach, but that's not how my therapist is. It's a lot more conversational and we talk about you know whatever i would like to talk about um that day so it's not like i'm having a major breakthrough in therapy every day Mm -hmm. but just having that objective person to talk to is just so helpful because again like i'm sure you know she probably judges me in some ways but she's not you know it's different than talking to like your family member or your friend who like they may know these other people that you're talking about Mm -hmm. or you know they have their own interests in the matter. But, you know, this is just someone objective that you can talk to. And what was the springboard for you to go to therapy? I needed to be in therapy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I suffer from depression and, and anxiety. So I actually had previously like gone uh, to therapy. And at the time the, like therapist office that I was referred to, mm-hmm. I would have to wait like an hour after my appointment time. And, you know, most therapist offices, you know, during the work day. So I was already like taking time out of work to, to be there. So by the time I actually got in for my uh, session, I was like, so anxious, like I need to like get out of here that I didn't even really feel comfortable like talking and I wasn't really getting anything out of it. Mm-hmm but I still really wanted help with my depression. So I ended up just seeing um, a psychiatrist that I talked to for like 10 minutes and, you know, she just refills my prescription. Yeah. Um, Which has also helped me so much more not drinking because you're really not supposed to drink on antidepressants. So after I quit drinking, I've seen such an increase. Um, But also like you were saying earlier to have a goal I recommend that so much. Like if you are out there and you have any feelings of depression or anxiety, like having a goal to work on has been the biggest change in, in my life. Like mm. my therapist, if you asked her, would tell you like, it's just kind of night and day from like me coming in, just being like doom and gloom to, you know, I have this goal, I'm working towards it. I'm making progress. And just having something to work towards and like having those visible things of progress has just, at least for me, made such a difference in my day-to-day mood. Yeah. There's this guy, he he was some guy, I think he's like a Navy captain or something, and he made this speech and he's like, if you want to start your day off right, make your bed. Because he said like, even if you don't accomplish anything else during the rest of the day, you come back to a made bed. 
because he went through all this other stuff. It's a really good, like, it's like a six month um, thing. But, you know, just that little thing can springboard, springboard your day. Or at least when you get back and you're like, man, it feels good to see my room, not a mess. Because, like, I personally think, like, like they say, if your life is cluttered, like, like you have stuff all around it, it just kind of makes you mentally cluttered. And, you know, it's, it's something, uh, it's something that's seeping from the inside to the outside. Yeah, I definitely agree with that um, for sure. And I like sort of uh, uh, subscribe to the make your bed thing. I never really learned how to properly make a bed, but mm-hmm. I do like pull my comforter up over, yeah. over like to kind of like <laughs> make it. Um, so I, I did like start doing that a while ago and it, it does like, I mean, I wouldn't say it's going to cure your depression no, if you suffer yeah. from depression, but it, it does just kind of like start out your day. Like it does make a difference. Like if I walk into my room, like it's just like, I forget to do it that day, mm-hmm. you know, and like your, your bed's all crumpled up. It just does. Yeah. It makes a difference. Cause it's like when you go to a hotel and you come back and they've cleaned your, your hotel room, it's like, fuck man, this looks amazing. You know, but if like, like, especially during COVID, there's a lot of times we'll go back into the room and it's not done because they don't want to touch shit. You oh, know, okay. some hotels are like, we won't do it while you, you're your, your whole stay. Oh, okay. And so it just is to me, it's a different mood when I come into a room and I just see it, you know, unkept, Ugh. you know, but yeah, what does depression look like to you? Like, how would you describe depression? So this is how I describe depression to like, this is how I describe it to my therapist and like anyone that asks me, I picture like my brain or just a brain, Mm -hmm. like a nice pink, normal brain, but it is coated in this thick, dark blue syrup of sadness. Mm -hmm. It's just totally all encompassing it just it's so different from when you're sad for a reason Mm -hmm. like obviously if someone passes away yeah you're sad but there's like a reason that you're sad Mm -hmm. when you have depression and i think as well a lot of people think of depression as just being sad but Depression is also like just feeling hopeless. Like there's no purpose. Yeah. Depression is feeling like you deserve a gold star for unloading the dishwasher or doing your laundry Mm -hmm. or brushing your teeth. Yeah. Or taking a shower. Like simple day to day tasks feel monumental. Mm. And I would say like, people with anxiety because I, I have both um, or I suffer from both. Um, I think for the, the simple tasks thing as well. Um, And anxiety is also like thinking that everyone around you dislikes you for no reason. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like there, there's no reason that they would, but you're constantly worrying about that or worrying that I don't have this like very badly, but like just worrying. Some people worry a lot. Like I may like get hurt today. Mm-hmm. I may die today. Yeah. Like you're just worrying about things that normal people are not worrying about kind of thing. Mm. Damn. Do you take credit for like small wins 
in life, I guess, like you were saying, like, like getting the gold star for brushing your teeth or, you know, like just little micro things instead of macro. I think you have to kind of the same thing, uh, like you were saying for, for setting a goal, they Mm -hmm. always say, you know, you set small goals and you check those off and then you move (laughs) towards your bigger goal. Um, like for me, I had been wanting to go to therapy for years, but, and again, I'm probably a lot of this also has to do with my anxiety, but I was like, finding a therapist was like a monumental task. Mm -hmm. Calling that person, like luckily the first therapist I called like had openings because otherwise that probably would have derailed me for another several months. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, And I also have, and I don't know if this is depression, anxiety, or just trauma, I don't know. Um, But I'm the type of person that like, I'm always trying to make things easier on other people. So there was always someone in my family that I felt had like a bigger problem Mm -hmm. than myself going on. So I never wanted to like ask my mom to go to therapy. I never wanted to like burden her with like another problem. Um, So I put it off for so, so long. Um, I can't even remember what your initial question was, but that's just kind of what I wanted to say. Like, it's just, it's such a, oh, your, your question was about small wins. So like for me, just like finding a therapist like that was a small win. Mm-hmm. Like going to therapy, that's a small win. Like when I got my antidepressants, small win. Like yeah. you know, you you kind of have to, because um, like I said, those simple tasks feel monumental to you mm-hmm. because it it takes so much effort and so much energy just to to do that task. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people that don't deal with that don't understand um what people that have those you know issues go through and a lot of people are just like oh just get over it mm-hmm. you know but like you know luckily i've never experienced that before but you know i think i kn- i'm compassionate enough to not be that callous about somebody that is dealing with that get over it man like you know, yeah. you know, but, you know, I think I think the problem is a lot of people want to solve everybody's problems with the way they would handle it, mm-hmm. mm. you know, instead of listening to what people have to say and then trying to understand. Because you can't fix everything for everybody just because it works for me is not going to work. What, what works for me is not going to work for everybody else in the grand scheme of things. So, you know, like. It's 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 more about, you know, being empathetic, you know, to other people's um, needs and and understanding. You know, I think I think a lot of us just need to sit back and listen. And if you listen to people a little bit more, you can kind of break things down and kind of figure out where people are coming from. That's why a good thing about conversations. I think most of us, most of us nowadays are just go, 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 go. And we don't sit back and and have, you know, real get to know people more than surface level shit. Right. Well, I think like you were saying, everyone's so eager for whatever is uncomfortable to go away. Mm -hmm. So it's 
easier for you to just say when someone asks you if you're okay, it's easier just to say I'm fine mm-hmm. than to open up the can of worms of like, I'm having a really rough time. Yeah. And it's easier when someone does tell you like, you know, I'm having a really rough time or, you know, this thing happened. It's easier to just be like, Oh, well like it'll be okay. Or like, let's go get a drink or like, let's go shopping. You know, it's easier to put a bandaid on something mm-hmm. than to, to really like, dig into it and i think um that's that's very important when you look around at your friend group is like can i have deeper conversations with these people or am i having the same surface level conversations yeah over and over and over sometimes like they say you got to audit your circle you know some people are are meant to just be fun time and then some people are core people Mm -hmm. and you really got to figure out which people you want around you when you really need some comfort or you need more than just a party. Because if there's no party, you're probably not going to hear from those people anymore. Right. Or like the people that used to hit us up for barbecue fest. Yeah. I mean, literally verbatim, Hey, what's your booth number? And the last time they hit me up was the year before for barbecue fest. And the year before it literally showed that on the history of the, of the text message. I'm like, dude, fuck off, man. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's great that you're, uh, Seeking help, and I think more people should do that. Because, like, my friend Michelle, I don't know if you've heard some of hers, Montgomery's moments. Mm-hmm. And you know, like on the last one, she talked about how she started seeking therapy after her mom passed away, and how it's helped her out tremendously. And you know, it's just some people. I think some people are just got this whole mentality that if you're depressed or you're seeking counseling, it's weak. And I think the people that think like that are weak. Yeah. Yeah, I have no problem. Obviously, I'm talking about it publicly now, but I have no problem like telling someone like straight up just like, well, I have depression yeah. or I take medication. Like, I don't think it's anything to be embarrassed about. And if anything, like that probably helps you understand me more as mm-hmm. a as a person. So, again, like if the purpose of our relationship is just to have something surface level, then like that you know that is what it is but if you actually like want to know me then it's probably important that you know you know that yeah yeah i think it's easier to understand where people are coming from if you know that they have something that is chemically stopping them from you know being completely happy you know yeah it um it actually is something that's that's helped me recently and it's not like a hundred percent on the subject, but um, I, I think y'all know our my my sisters and I our our father passed away mm-hmm. in in two thousand eleven, um, and I didn't. None of us really had a very close relationship with my father, so we like I kind of have a lot of anger and just kind of like. I don't understand a lot of the things that my father did or his behavior mm-hmm. or like, that's not the way that I would have done it. Um, but with finding these new family members, we found that there's actually like history of autism in our family and looking back in that lens at some of my dad's behaviors, I, again, he's passed. So there's no way I'll ever yeah. know for certain, but if I can look at it and say, okay, well maybe he wasn't 
distant or unable to show affection by his own choosing. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was because of something, you know, that was going on with him. And obviously as you get older, it's it's easier as well to to relate to the difficulties of, of being an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's something that's really helped me just recently because we just found this out, I guess maybe in November, maybe October. Um, it's helped me let go of a lot of anger and like ill will that I had towards my father. And that's, it's just something that's kind of helped me personally heal. That's good. Yeah. I mean, um, we were talking about that. I think uh, you weren't here, but but we were talking about, but Brad and crystal about like families and being a young parent and all the struggles that come with it and having to take care of your kids and take care of your wife or husband or whatever it is. And, you know, like I have the whole shit with my own parents, like, like, like Brad knows my dad and the way that they describe my dad is not the dad that I know, the man that I know. Right. You know, and it's just like, and now my dad and I have a pretty decent relationship, but I think that's because he's older. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you start getting older, I think you, you mature, you know, you don't have as many responsibilities because, you know, your kids are grown now. Um, yeah. So I think it's, it's like, they, like they say, there's no playbook to being a parent, you know. And I think a lot of them fuck up and I think a lot of them fuck up and they fuck up their kids, you know? Yeah, for sure. I don't think it's any fault of their own. Sometimes some parents are just shitty parents, but I think for the most part, it's just, you just don't know what you're doing and you're just kind of, you know, drudging along when this fucking weird life that we're living. I don't know. It's, it's, it's sad that a lot of stuff that somebody else does will affect you later on in life. You know, like, They've moved on. Like sometimes you'll do something to somebody and they moved on, but then they they still kind of hold some kind of resentment towards you for something you may have said or done in the past. And it's just like, how do you get past that point? And sometimes like, I guess like you're saying, like maybe people do need to seek some type of help to be able Mm -hmm. to talk about that stuff to, to move past it. Because it's like they say, you're, if you're holding on to something that somebody did to you, you're basically just letting them rent space in your head for free. Or you're drinking poison. You know, you're not doing, you're not, you're not uh, progressing. So to seek some type of counseling and to get an outside influence to help you get past those points is, is, I think is very beneficial. And I think a lot of people should do that. Yeah, I agree for sure. If you're able to, because, um, it's pretty expensive. It, it can be very expensive. Yeah. But there are, um, there are alternatives and, um, you know, you can do the research and, and look into it and see what works best for you. And um, personally, I currently have a health insurance. But mm-hmm. as I mentioned, um, I'm not going to be working while I'm in nursing school. So I'm, I'm not positive right now what my health insurance will be. Um, so I was looking into some online alternatives that I'm sure many of you are familiar with, like Talkspace or BetterHelp. Yeah. And it's like double the cost mm. per week of you know what i pay for like my copay yeah. with oh, insurance damn. so again it's you know still a, a pretty affordable option for for many people but um yeah it's 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 not cheap and that is something that i i disagree with and and just like in our country in general cuz mm-hmm. i think there's so many problems that could be solved just by people going going to therapy and just having that person to talk to yeah 
And um, unfortunately, that's just not how our healthcare system works. Well, I mean, it's like you look at like all these kids that shoot up schools and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, if they could have talked to somebody about what was going on or if they, how they're being bullied or whatever it is that, you know, triggered them to push them to that point where they want to take other people's lives and then eventually their own own life. You know, it's just like. Or, you know, like how people commit suicide is just like, you know, if, if we could get to the core cause of what is in your brain, because the brain is like the most amazing thing. But it's also this thing that's telling you that there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so it's like. I think like mental health should be up there with, you know, physical health and, you know, any other type of like wellness that should be a top priority for everybody. Because without your brain, I mean, what what do you have? You know, like you don't want to be brain dead because what kind of life is that? You yeah. Know? And like you said, um, there, like just from like becoming a parent, there's many like traumas uh, that, that the parent may have that if they had just gone like to therapy, they may have been able to, to talk through and not pass that on because, mm-hmm. um, you know, generational trauma is definitely a, a thing. Yeah. So it it definitely I think would change change the world if if we had a, a different view on the seriousness of of mental health. And I'm talking about like what I would say is you know less severe things like depression and anxiety, which are very widespread. Mm-hmm. But obviously, it's like a whole another topic for people that suffer from like schizophrenia and that yeah. sort of thing. I saw something. It said uh, people always say it, that runs in the family, and somebody's like, "No, I'm going to stop." that right here like i'm not going to keep just making excuses why we do certain things because everybody else in my family has done that it's kind of like when you got to break the mold kind of like yeah like you know if your dad hits your mom or something like that and then you think it's okay to hit your wife or girlfriend right yeah so Mm -hmm. i mean just you're you're learning that behavior somewhere kind of thing yeah i mean it definitely you definitely are molded by what you see at early ages that's no denying that whatsoever. But I think there comes a point in place where if you start seeing, hopefully you can get around other people that have different perspectives on life. And then you'll start looking at your life differently because if you only hang out with people that are like-minded like you, and it's a, not a good like-minded, mm-hmm. then you're not going to break that mold more than likely. You're just going to be a lost cause. So that's why I love like consuming positive stuff and talking positive to like my friends and stuff like that. Cause if you're only around people that only want to gossip and, you know, just feed their minds junk food, essentially, you're not going to be a healthy person. You know? Yeah, yeah I agree. That's why I, I love podcasts and listening to like just different types, learning about things that I never would like pick up, you know, a book mm. on myself, that sort of thing. Um, I've learned like so much information in the last few years just from listening to podcasts. I think the internet is, is one of the most amazing things. Like people can always say that it's bad and it's evil and all this other stuff, but I think it's what you're looking for. And like you said, on like you can listen to a podcast of somebody that you didn't even know existed before randomly. And then they could inspire your life to be, you know, sober and seeking therapy and, you know, trying to do better things and find a new career, whatever else, you know? So, yeah, I mean, I encourage anybody that's in a dark place to seek people out or like I said, even find, try to find people online that are like-minded how you want to be instead of 
in this deep, dark place of despair. Just try to get the help you can from in that you need. If you can, you know, just whatever you need to do, just talk to whoever. It doesn't have to be like a professional because there's a lot of people that aren't professionals could probably help you too. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I, I think if you curate your feed, cause I think most people are on social media, like I said, if you start looking at stuff on YouTube enough, it's going to start looking like, I don't think it's evil, but I think it's just, they're just going to find that kind of stuff. Like recently I've been watching a lot of Kirby enthusiasm clips. So every time I go to the front page, that's what I see now. Mm-hmm. If I were to look for, you know, hate speech, I'm sure they, they would start sending that to me too. You know? So like I said, I think the best thing to do is just try to find some type of light, you know, some type of bright light in your life, like a, positive person or positive person online or whatever and just go with that and hopefully your life goes in a better direction yeah definitely reach out like however you can like even um i have personally not gone to like an, an aa meeting i don't necessarily associate myself as a or consider myself a an alcoholic yeah um even though i i am sober um but one of the podcasts I listen to, there's there's many sober podcasts out there. They have like a private Facebook group. Mm. And um, that's been not just like helpful for me, but fulfilling for me to help other people that are, you know, two weeks in and really struggling still. Yeah. Um, so that that like online forum and community has been been very helpful as well. So I've, there's always there's always something um, there's always something you can do. It may not be like exactly what you want or it may not be ideal, but there's always something you can do. Yeah. Like speaking of uh, the programs, like I went to two because I dated a girl that she's been sober since she was like 14. And so I went to two of the meetings with her just to be supportive, you know, because I, you know, I've never had that issue, like an addiction problem. So I didn't know what it was going to be like going into. I thought it was going to be more like a preaching thing or like, you know, like a teaching or whatever. But basically it was their stories. Mm hmm. So they would tell stories about how like they would get drunk and then pee themselves and, you know, all this other stuff and how like they needed to hear these conversations from other people to keep them from going back down that path or their sponsor talking to their sponsors or whatever else they do. And so, yeah, like, you know, I think if you can like it goes back to having like minded people, like if you can have somebody that's going to tell you, you know, what they did and how it affected their life for the worse it might make you not want to go down that path too. So I think those programs are really, really beneficial for a lot of people. Um, yeah. I, I would just like say on the record, I have no problem with AA. If, yeah. if that's what's helpful to you, please go. I personally have felt a little intimidated by going to AA, um, but there are, you know, especially now with COVID, there are a lot of online sessions. So yeah. I keep saying I'm going to go to one and then I, I just talk myself out of it. Mm. But, um, if anyone is, is interesting, you can just Google AA near me and uh, you'll find there's usually a meeting like every hour. Yeah. An hour. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. They're, um, they're on top of it, man, as far as um, trying to get people to stay on the path. And I think the thing with people with substance abuse problems too, is that, it's never 100%. You're, they always say, I'm an addict. I'm, you know, you're still recovering. You're not cured. So right. I think that's the thing, too, because I've talked to a buddy of ours, and he's in the program, and he's always saying, like, you know, like, 
some people don't want to talk about it because you can slip up and then people are, oh, that doesn't work because that person slipped up. But, mm. I mean, we're all infallible. I mean, like, or we're all fallible. You know, it's like, it's it's going to happen, man. Like, it's it's we're human. So, like, you can have something traumatic happen to you and it might send you back down that spiral. But it, the best thing to do is to try to get back on that course again. Like, don't let that, like, it's just like people with diets. Like, oh, I ate something bad, so let me just keep eating shitty. Right. Instead right. of just saying, oh, I ate that shitty thing. Let me start back to where I'm at, you know? Yeah, you just oh. kind of get back on it. But it's definitely, there's definitely resources out there. And, you know, you just have to do what, what's best for you and what makes you comfortable. And I think especially during this time, because I think a lot of people are resorting to booze and drugs to cope with their life and how shitty things are. And like I said, that kind of goes back full circle. We were first talking about how the government, I think the government is definitely failing people, especially by not making sure they're taken care of. Because like I said, I mean, I think we wouldn't have so many um, of these overdoses and suicides or whatever if people were financially secure. For sure, true. yeah. Very yeah, true. I mean, there's there's many people that end up doing becoming an alcoholic or are or, or addicted to drugs just because again, like mental health issues. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's readily available. It's legal if, in the case of alcohol and um, you know, it's, it's easy to get as long as you're over 21 or I guess sometimes I, I don't know about y'all, but I definitely drink when I was under oh, 21, yeah, for sure. 21 as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's definitely, it, it was a, it was a severe like crutch for me. I, I I definitely used it as like a catch all, and um, yeah, it's just it's better off without it. Yeah. How long are you been sober now? Um, I am I think about seven months and two weeks. Oh, nice. Okay. Hell yeah. Yeah, and that's like consistent. I had done, um, I had. I was out, I think, like, 62 or 64 days. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, because I initially started the end of January. My current sober date is May 4th. But I, um, during the initial quarantine, I was just like, forget about it. Well, I also, at that time, was looking at it as more of just, like, at first I just wanted to take 30 days. And then I got to 30 days and still didn't really want to drink, so I just kept pushing it out and pushing it out. Um, But... After not drinking again, like just reading that book, it kind of just really took the like the fun out of drinking for me. Like I was like, I'm doing this, but I'm not really enjoying it anymore. So I just decided to completely quit. And that's like kind of you were saying, like I kind of hesitated to like post about it on social media because of like the negative stigma. I was like, I don't want people to think that I have a problem or Mm -hmm. You know, like you said, if I decide one day, like, hey, maybe I do want to drink again, like people are gonna be like, oh, well, she, now she's like having a relapse, which yeah. again, like I don't really view it that way. I don't view myself necessarily as an alcoholic. I definitely was probably on that path, mm-hmm. which is like another thing that I just kind of looked around me and was like, I don't necessarily want to end up like the people that I'm around yeah. in the future. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be 40 years old and, you know, still drinking every day. Cause I, yeah. in many cases was. So I was like, Hey, I see like, they say like 
you play the tape forward. I was like, I see like where this movie ends and I don't really want to be there. Yeah. I think um, you're saving yourself a lot of bad hangovers too. Cause once 30 hits, they're fucking terrible. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, that's what I hear. It takes like days. I remember when I was like in my twenties and even to like mid thirties, I would, well, no, I, I, yeah, because that's when it start, really started in the 30s. But, like, when I was in my 20s, I remember I'd go out drinking, and I'd be fine the next day, like, nothing. I'd be like, what's a fucking hangover? And then I turned 30, and I was like, what the fuck, man? It would take me, like, two or three days to recover. So Not me. Yeah, I've Not I've me. had hangovers, like, I don't. even You don't get hangovers? In my 20s. I haven't had one in a while. But you don't drink like that either. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's yeah, the thing is I got to, yeah. Exactly. Like after I had done that initial like 60 something days, um, we had um, our friend Tim and Victoria over and we were drinking and they just were like, oh, come on. And I was like, "Eh, you know, whatever, I'll I'll, I'll drink today. And I was so hungover the next day. Mm -hmm. Like I'm talking like vertical, like could not be vertical until like 8 p.m. hungover. Like I was just like, yeah, like I never want to ever it's a bad feel feeling this again. Man. it's like it literally is poison it know? is it is it's ethanol. legal poison <laughs> you know so yeah. i just don't get it but i don't know ral what was your uh question you're gonna ask i was gonna ask um uh what is everyone's advice for people not me what me or oh robin yeah um well i think we've we've given i think several th- throughout the, mm-hmm. the talk today but I would say my biggest advice is to find, think, take like a step away from your day to day life. And if you don't like what you see, think for a while about what you would like your life to look like or what are the most important things to you in life. And make those goals or a goal if it, if it's that simple for you and, you know, start, start making moves today to, to do that. Again, it doesn't have to be something major. Like you're saying with Rawa, like all you can just post about it on Facebook, you know, it could be something simple like that. Um, or make that call to set your therapy appointment or, um, set up a, savings account or whatever it may be Mm -hmm. um, to, to start working towards that goal. Just make a small step in. I often said to my therapist that I felt completely stuck and I just didn't know which direction to even move in. So when my response, like when she says like, Oh, you seem like you're doing well. I'm like, well, I made a step in a direction, um, which sometimes is, is all it takes. Yeah. Small wins. Tony, you go. I going for you. Um, my my, what now? What are we doing again? Oh, advice for people. Um, my advice for people was to be is to to get people to help others more than just during the holidays because less fortunate people, low income people, they need help more than just Thanksgiving and Christmas time. I think we should, you know, like we're doing the, uh, the, the female products for in January in purses, you know, like we're going to get some bunch of purses and we've already got like 20 donated, I think. And, um, Oh yeah. By the way, if you have old purses and stuff, I need them. Um, 
we are going to fill them up with like tampons and I, I don't really don't know what else ladies need, but we're going to put it in there and, you know, we're going to feed more people. So just, it's not just about the holidays when we need people need help. It's throughout the year. So that being said, keep on saving me your clothes. That's great. Rama. Thank you. All right. God. I want to read something. It has to be from you, not something you found on the internet. I told you that I was going to do me sometimes and do quotes. Oh, yeah, that's right. I say Tony, Tony came prepared. If there's one thing you should do is stop being a paradox. You say you want to be happy, yet you allow yourself to be surrounded by negative people. You say it's time for changes, but things stay exactly the way they always were. You say you can't believe that they did that to you, but still won't stand up for yourself. Now, I'm telling you, it's time. It's time to be exactly the person you've always wanted to be. It's time to take control. It's time to let yourself be happy because, my goodness, you deserve it. Word porn. Oh, I like that. That's great, Tony. So, I mean, I think this kind of just goes back to that's why I played that song in the beginning. Like, it's just like, you know, you've gone through some changes. Raul's gone through some changes this year. Like, I think everybody needs to take this year and not only look at the bad things that happen, but try to think about the good things that you've tried to do. Like, cause if you just think about the doom and gloom of everything that's happened, it's never going to be good. So starting next year, I think, like you said, like I was saying earlier, start making goals, um, audit your circle, you know, travel more, um, try to make somebody else's life better. Try to make your life better. Like just stop trying to live another 30 years of the same existence. Because that's a wasted life, in my opinion. You guys mind if I ask you guys a question? Sure. No, go ahead. So I, I mentioned earlier my, my birthday is on New Year's Eve, so I'm always like thinking about like what are gonna be my, my resolutions. What what are y'all's resolutions for twenty twenty one? Or do you have any? My uh my goal for twenty twenty one is to buy a property. Like either buy it for a flippant or to rent it out. I thought you were going to say buy a prostitute. Say property. Um, my resolution. I really don't have one yet. I still have two weeks. Yeah, you still have time. To I mean, like it. this we go that procrastination thing. You, there we are. You've got like, some time to work on it. I could text it to you though. Or it's uh, like they say, why wait to the new year to start doing something? So start. Like at least do some research on something you want to do to be ready for next year. Or like, um, why wait till Monday to start your diet? Yeah, mentality. Mm-hmm. Can I come into the Can I come in the house flipping thing with you? I'll split it with you. No, fuck you then. You were supposed to contact Crystal. I did contact her, and then what happened? I just didn't have any time to meet with her. I mean, extra- how do you need to meet with her if she can send you properties online? I sent her my email, and she never sent it. So it's her fault. No, it's not. Did you follow back up with her? She was over here yesterday, uh, and you still did not do anything. True, 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 true. Can't ever be all, it can't always be everybody else's fault. I'm gonna, that's, you know what, that's going to be my New Year's resolution, not to blame everybody else. Be accountable. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to be accountable for my own actions. I mean, that's a, that's a good, that really is a good goal to set. That's a great resolution. Ooh, it's going to be kind of tough. Ooh. The best ones usually are. Uh, uh. But yeah, that's something uh, that Kelly wants to do too. So, 
You may want to ask her. Oh, no, 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 I'm good. Yeah, I told actually I gave her Crystal's number too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, think I, I told her about Crystal, and I told her, but she just bought a house, and then she said something came up, like she had the to plumbing pay for or something. something. Yeah, yeah or the know. wall. Like she said, it only it cost her a third of what she thought it was going to cost her because they have to make it as a big as a hole or something like that. Yeah, mm. so we had some plumbing issues, and uh, I guess in um, the area of town we live in, the at the time that they built the houses, the pipes were made out of terracotta mm-hmm. so the weight of her poop yeah, well yes <laughs> um the weight i guess just of the ground or like there's roots that can break the terracotta so pretty much one of our pipes was just completely like not a pipe anymore it just was like oh, okay. crushed and it uh it needed to be fixed and unfortunately the pipe when the um People renovated the home. They extended the driveway back Mm -hmm. and they had um, cemented the driveway over this pipe where they needed to do it. So initially they were like, if the pipe is like going out to the front of your house instead of the back of your house, they were literally going to have to like pull up the whole driveway (laughs) or like a portion of the whole driveway to get to the street. Luckily, that wasn't the case, but it is um, still still a mess. Mm. But yeah, she has had some some unexpected expenses like that. I think her her resolution she said was to do like start some kind of like side hustle to to save money because her ultimate goal is she wants to start flipping houses. Well, I mean, like obviously she's not here, but like I know she's really crafty. Like she, she really do, is. like like crafts and stuff. Like I know she's into baking now, so I think she has some alternatives that she can definitely do. She's too. making. Like you know, like how we're doing the personal bags today. Yeah. Like I'm gonna give her like mm-hmm. 96 Ziploc bags that I bought from Sam's. Mm-hmm. She's gonna put cookies in each bag. Like oh, she's gonna okay. cook like three, four different kinds of cookies, like she made for us. Remember? Yeah. And each each bag of the we're giving to the home less fortunate is getting some cookies also. That's gonna be, nice. It's gonna be pretty cool. She's yeah. gonna have, she's gonna have cook like fucking 500 cookies. Yeah, Kelly has a lot of talents and interests, so I'm sure she'll figure something out. And mm-hmm. she's also like very dedicated. Like once she puts her mind to something, like she's mm-hmm. gonna get it done. So oh, she sure is. She'll that's figure a... it out. That's good. All right, thank you for listening to the podcast. Till next right. time. Um, appreciate thank you doing it, Robin. Yeah, thank you so much uh, for having me. I appreciate you having me on. I've I've been a a pretty avid listener, so I am uh, glad to be a part of it. Tell Shannon she has come up with some good stories and stuff if she wants to be on the podcast because, you know, right now. I, Shannon just, will have a lot of stories for you, for sure. She's uh, she's not short on uh, on wild wild stories. But she did. She was, like, pretty upset that I was coming to do the podcast. <laughs> I figured she would she, be. <laughs> she really wants to, to be on. So I'll let her know that the invitation is open. Yeah. All right. We'll set something up. And I'll pencil her in. All right. I love you lots. Bye. Thanks.